0: Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Adina Oberman. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, and relationships and life. I'm happy to introduce today's guest, author Jessica Speer. Jessica is the award-winning author of BFF or NRF, Not really friends, a girl's guide to happy friendships and middle school safety goggles advised, and the recently launched brand new book, The Phone Book. Her interactive books for preteens and teens entertain readers while exploring important topics. Blending humor, a dash of science, stories, and insights, her writing unpacks challenges that surface during adolescence. She has a master's degree in social sciences and explores topics in ways that connect with kids. Jessica is regularly featured in and contributes to media outlets on topics related to kids, teens, parenting, and social emotional development. For more information, visit www.jessicaspear.com. Today, we're talking about all things back to school. The information shared today aligns with the familiar 10 Habits of Happy Families. Learn together. You can learn more about the Familias 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familias.com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jessica. It's such a fantastic... (laughs) Sorry, I'm so excited to share time with you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump right into it. I would love to know what your best advice is for families, knowing that we're heading into back to school season. Kids are going to be hopping on devices that they maybe weren't using this summer or they're going to be using them more often than they were during the summer. So do you have any advice for families right now? Yeah, you know, so you
1: know, summer, all of us tend to let all the you know typical house rules go, you know, because it's summer, you know. So kids are staying up later and they're sleeping in, and maybe they're having a lot more screen time for entertainment than they usually do during the school year. So so what I suggest is as we get closer to school, you know, let's start talking about this transition back to what's our normal family ground rules and patterns during the school year so we can start to get them ready for that. In fact, at least a week before school, let's start practicing getting to bed at normal bedtimes, maybe making sure those screens are out of the bedroom at night. And then with regards to screens, if your family doesn't yet have a tech agreement, your know, family tech agreement, this is a great time to talk about that. And and I always encourage families to do this in a real collaborative way. So there's great examples online of what can be in your tech agreement and then talk about it as a family. And the back to school season can be a great reason as to why we're getting back to you know some ground rules for our family so that everybody can be successful in their school and all their sports and their activities. So so those are conversations that can happen now too and might help that transition back to our school schedules. I think as a parent, I speak for all parents when I say we need all the help we can
0: get when it's back to school time. I'm wondering if you have advice for families with children who are maybe going to be using screens for the first time, maybe they've never really used them in, in class before or it's been very minimal. Do you have any advice for those kind of new to to Screens and phones
1: and technology. Yeah, and that's that's a tricky one, especially so in, in like lower elementary school, there are a lot of devices. You know, they might be testing on devices, they might be doing assignments on devices. And so for some kids, that is brand new. So that can be a, a tricky transition or not, you know, depending on what their, their comfort level is with devices. So, you know, I think the start encouraging them to really communicate. So if they have, are having a hard time, you know, they need to let their teacher know, you know, so they're not sitting there, you know, struggling on their own. Letting their teacher know so their teacher can help them get the support they need. Um, if something isn't going right with their device, so they're not quite getting it, so you know that that can be built off these healthy communications that we're having at home with devices. Encourage those to bring those into school. So if they need support, that they can get the support they need. That's such great advice, and it leads me to
0: my next question because one of the things that I love most about the phone book is the way that you help adult readers and younger readers learn about media literacy and really unpack the experience when they are interacting with phones and screens and and the internet. And you really unpack how the messages come to be in front of them. So can you maybe just give us a few, just an overview of how we can help children be a little bit more media literate?
1: And that's the new literacy is, you know, really digital literacy. You know, there's always been a need for kids to, to put a word on literacy, but now so much is unfolding on screens. So it's hard for kids to know, you know, what is true and what is not true. And even communications between people, you know, so much is missing when it's just a text message. So it's hard to to really know what is meant by that message. What are the emotions and the tone behind that message? So So this is a process that takes a long time, uh, but we can start young. So start with, you know, helping kids understand, you know, how to know whether information is true or not, or how to at least investigate that. You know, so what are the, the resources that they can investigate that or to go to a trusted adult if they're not quite sure? So we can start there. But yeah, these are long, ongoing conversations that, you know, I feel like parenting these days is really different because so much of it we are trying to help our kids learn to be safe online, learn to be good digital citizens, as well as, you know, work on literacy skills. So can you say a little
0: bit more about that? How, what's the best way to help our kids understand
1: what it means to be a good digital citizen? Yeah, this is, I go into a lot of this in the book because, you know, when we have devices, we have a lot of power in our hands. So we have the power to, text and to share messages with people in a kind way or also in a mean and unhealthy way. So helping our kids understand that they have a lot of power with their devices as to how they how safe and nice they make our in you know, our digital world. So you know they are an important digital citizen. So what they do matters. You know, how they choose to respond, even what messages they choose to share and not share or maybe they might even just say something like, Hey guys, stop, you know, not nice, not cool. So this is, again, it's, it starts with a lot of conversations that are ongoing, you know, helping to equip kids to navigate this digital, which is complicated. You know, it's not, not as easy, you know, in-person social worlds are tricky. Digital social worlds are even trickier, you know, because we're missing a lot of the communications and there tends to be a lot more people involved in conversations too. So So navigating group chats when you are in fourth grade is no easy task. So we can help coach them behind the scenes, you know, encourage them to come to us if ever they get in a situation where they're not quite sure how to respond because it is, it's not easy and it takes, it takes skills that develop over time.
0: Absolutely. I'm definitely seeing that with my own children. They're very young. They're almost five and almost seven, but I already see how Media social media screens, how they just really have they play a role, and it really takes time for them to develop those skills in terms of knowing where where the boundaries are. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the the tech contract that you mentioned at the beginning of the episode because I know as a parent and I'm sure many parents will agree that the setting limits part can be very challenging, especially as we like you said transition from the the more laid back summer schedule and making sure that the kids are still have access to their devices, but they're leaving time for homework and in-person socialization. So can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. And so family tech agreements are luckily really readily available online, but they're also different. So it's important to look at a few and figure out this one feels like it's a bit of a better fit for our family but that's just the starting point. So then the next step is to really bring it to your family some night, maybe at dinner or it's, you know a little family meeting and talk through it because you know we need our kids to actually feel like they are buying in and you know have some say in this too. So I think as we talk through this such as you know what are the the times that we are on screens in our family and what what times might screens be off limit and you know where in our house maybe are there no screens allowed so It's important for us to talk this through with kids. We really understand where they're coming from and they all have some say. So hopefully we can find some sort of agreement. And what I found now that my kids are teens, as we've grown and as they've grown and matured, our tech agreements have had to change too. So I see this as kind of a living, changing document as our kids are younger We, as parents, can actually put more rules in place, you know, but as they get older and more savvy and way more tech savvy than we are, we start to change those based on, you know, their maturity level and where they are, but it offers just a framework for families to really start talking about things and to put some some ground rules in place that are really there to benefit everybody, you know, not just the parents, but also to help the kids be successful in their lives too. You know, the screens are built To be addictive. And so that's part of the conversation too, is to help kids understand that, yeah, these are really addictive. So we do have to set some rules in place for ourselves and our families just to make sure they don't take over our whole lives. I think that's a really good point. I think sometimes
0: it can be hard to revisit something that maybe you established a while ago. And then as we see our children getting older and more mature, it can be hard to accept that they're not, they are at that next level, that they're not at that. Really malleable age. So, I really like the way you, you know, remind us to revisit. So, the family tech agreement is a wonderful framework. And I think it's an excellent place to start. Do you have recommendations for when maybe things aren't going so well, when you feel like maybe uh, grades at school are suffering, in person social relationships are suffering, or perhaps behavior changes? What can parents do if you feel like? they really need to sort of revisit
1: the the ground rules and the the guidelines? Yeah, you know, first, I think what, this will happen because we're raising preteens and then teens. So, so you know, this is going to happen at some point. And so what I try to do is, first of all, try to ground myself instead of like reacting and, you know, maybe grabbing the phone away or, you know, starting to to say some things like, get off your phone. I try to first ground myself. And so that I'm coming at this from a really calm place. And then, you know, when the time is right, start the conversation like, hey, I've noticed that, you know, this, the screen time seems to be impacting your schoolwork. Can we have a talk about that? Because one of my jobs as a parent is to make sure I'm helping you be as successful as you are as you head into your adult life. So what can we do here? So you hear me here trying to collaborate with my child, you know, trying to to come at this together. And these are not easy conversations to have for sure, but you know, they're more likely to be successful if we can come into them really calm and with some empathy, knowing that we, you know what is so hard, especially as kids get into the preteen and the teen years, is their whole social life is alive on that phone. So they're having to pull themselves away from their peers many times to maybe put some balance in their life. And that is not easy. That is not easy when there's a lot of conversations that are nonstop going on, and they have to pull themselves away to maybe get some homework done and get, and go get their chores done. So, so if we can come into that with some understanding, with some empathy, but also still knowing that you know we we probably need to to reestablish some boundaries to help them make sure they're able to still get through school and do the other things they need to do in their lives and just take care of their their health and well being. You know, being on screens all the time is has been shown not to be healthy for kids. So we can help them understand that too and show them some of the studies and and show them you know, why we're concerned and we want to help them find some balance. Yes, that's so important. I really like what you said about just finding balance
0: because I think when you're preteen or a teen or I mean, at any age, finding balance can be such a challenge and bringing that mindset to conversations with our kids, especially with these very emotional topics is such, it's so important. Before we conclude our conversation, I just want to make sure that we give you a chance to let let us know if there's anything else about
1: the phone book that you want to make sure people know. You know, what I, what I try to do with the phone book is, you know, there's a lot of conversations we want to have with kids as they get their phone. So what I try to do is incorporate that in this book. So it, it offers, it's, it's a book written for kids for preteens, maybe early teens, but I'm hoping that maybe parents will read it too. Cause it, it offers an opportunity to talk about all sorts of things such as stranger danger and FOMO and digital literacy and, and their digital footprints and reputation. And so all those things are in there, you know, in their own chapter. So it's great for parents to take a look too, so they can talk to their kids about these things, you know, and then just one last thing. So a lot of the things kids are doing on their phones are the same things we did as kids. You know, So they might be playing games. They might be listening to music. They might be connecting with friends. So, so a lot of it is the same. I think where it changes from our generation to this generation is we had a lot more downtime and out time. So we weren't always doing those things. But because screens make it so accessible to always be doing those things, Many kids are doing this late into the night. So you know it's impacting sleep, which is impacting kids' well-being. So again, coming at it with that framework that they're often doing a lot of the same things we did just on screens, but the way that technology is designed, it can get to where it's really unbalanced. So that's where we step in is to help our kids understand that and try to create some healthy habits in their life. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for
0: being with us today, Jessica. It's been wonderful to learn more about the phone book. And this book has a really descriptive sub- subtitle. So I want to make sure I read it. The phone book, stay safe, be smart and make the world better with the powerful device in your hand. Jessica, where can our guests find you online? The best place is my website, which
1: is Speer, com, And then that has links off to all my socials and Feel free to, you know, send me questions um, or connect with me on social media. And yeah, just wishing all the families out there a wonderful start to the school year. And thanks for having me, Adine. It was great to chat with you. It was great to chat with you
0: too. Thank you so much. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for the next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you choose a book from Formilius. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place.